Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on Article 10 of the Oxford Confession about Holy Communion. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow. I'm joined by my friends, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. Yeah, we get to continue our conversation. Uh, you had the cliffhanger from last week as we were talking about the Lord's Supper here. And uh, yeah, we were talking mostly about the is means is last yep. time. And this time we get to transition into, you know, what are the benefits of the Lord's Supper and how it's for us, for yep. you. Yeah, I've been, I've been thinking on that and, and dwelling on it, and, and I really think, you know, we talked about how the, the real question from the Lutheran perspective is not how is Christ present, but is Christ present. Right. Uh, the second question we go to also isn't how is Christ present, but why is he present? Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I think that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, Brian, do you have the article up? We should probably read yeah. all five words of that article <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to get nice. everyone fresh, and then we can uh, go into the content. Yes, Article 10, The Holy Supper of Our Lord. It is taught among us that the true body and blood of Christ are really present in the supper of our Lord under the form of bread and wine and are distributed and received. The contrary doctrine is therefore rejected. Rejected. So detailed. <laughs> rejected. Denied. Right. Yeah. Access denied. Yeah. Good. We should have a we should have a being Lutheran meme yeah. of Dikembe Mutombo <laughs> shaking his head whenever we reject uh, a, yes. a teacher, shaking his yes. finger. Inject that into my veins. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Nineties basketball references. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Yeah. So we're we're asking this question: What are its benefits? What are the benefits of the Lord's Supper? And uh, where where do we get this for you statement? We get the for you statement from Jesus, which yeah. is the best. Those are part of the the words of institution, and and it it should give us pause if we're discussing or debating this with other traditions, yeah. because uh, you know we'll pick on the Baptists here a little bit. Mm-hmm. If what we're doing in our confession mm-hmm. uh, of receiving the Lord's Supper is an act of obedience. Can Christ be honest in saying that it's for you? Mm-hmm. If what we're doing is mm. actually for Christ, and Christ says, this is my body, this is my right. blood given and shed for you, right. then then what ends up happening, again, from a Lutheran perspective, gospel. is gospel. Is it's mm-hmm. a gross mingling yep. of law and gospel. The, the Lutherans we need to maintain as we teach and proclaim what we believe, mm-hmm. that the sacraments are pure Unadulterated gospel. Inject there. that into my veins. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. It's for us. Yes. We're not doing it for Jesus. Right. Jesus is the one giving his body. Jesus is the one giving his blood. He doesn't need anything back. That's the whole purpose of the cross. That's the whole purpose of the empty tomb. That's the whole purpose of God's Amen. word. Amen. Preach. Yes. You know, God yeah, doesn't it, need us. <laughs> and we, and, and you, you say, you're saying this graciously. Not just to say "gotcha," Baptist well, or "gotcha." It, it's it's mostly because it, this type of thing has a has a consequence or impact on us spiritually. In that, especially you know, similar to how people talk about baptism of. If it's my act of obedience to show God that I'm, uh, you know, serious about the faith, then that that puts intense pressure on you to remain in the faith, and it's not dependent upon you. It's 
it's dependent upon God and his work. Well, it goes back to really what we talked about the, the last section on baptism in Article 9. It's how do you have assurance of salvation? You either have assurance of salvation by what God has done and what God gives to you, mm-hmm. or you have assurance of salvation by your own personal piety. It, it, hmm. That translates from baptism to the Lord's Supper here so well. And, and like you said, it's, we don't want this to be a got you. I'm not trying. Yeah, to, right. I'm not trying to back anyone into a corner with this. And this argument has been raging for 500 years. I'm certainly not the one who's <laughs> going to end the argument. But yeah. we're all products of our past. Yeah. And, and and as someone who personally very nearly walked away from the faith, because mm. as a Christian, no one was giving me the gospel. <laughs> this is a sensitive topic yeah, to me. Right. Because this is one of the built-in parts of the church where God has literally said, <laughs> here's the gospel. Yeah. Give it to my children. Right. You know, and, and the church... For whatever reason, in whatever branch, in whatever tradition, Lutherans are just as guilty of this as yep. Roman Catholics, as Calvinists, as Presbyterians, as Methodists, as Baptists, everyone. It's baked into our sinful nature. We are terrified of the gospel. Mm. We love to use the gospel to give it to people who aren't in the church, as we should. But as soon as someone's converted, for whatever reason, we think we need to hammer them with the law so that they can prove they're a really good Christian. Mm. And when that happens and crosses over into baptism, into the Lord's Supper, we should object. You're like, no. We should object to everything, but we should particularly object. Right. And, you know, I think that's a, what you just said is, is probably the sole reason we're doing this podcast is to have that sort of message out into the world and to keep emphasizing that. And this is what we're standing for. This is what we, we want to insist on is God's words. And I think part of that is because we, each of us have tasted of that, that sweet gospel, you know, received that for you. Um, that is such healing balm for the soul uh, to hear, hear those words for us in yeah. the Lord's Supper. You know, you know, however regularly it happens in our churches, you know, to have that, that gospel applied directly to me in my mouth, you know, receiving it. Um, and, I, and the other thing I'll say too is as a pastor, the more I've settled into this position, you know, Lutheran view, which is flowing from the scripture, uh, when I give those words of institution, I tend to emphasize this part of it, yep. you know, given for you, for the forgiveness of sins, I tend to kind of emphasize those especially um, because you know, thinking pastorally, I know my flock is, is probably thinking, you know, how can I kind of clean myself up to yep. come to the altar? And, and it's like, no, come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come, come and receive this, you know, pure grace for you. But there's the, the wonderful examination that that's part of that too. And, and not that this is a works thing, but it, it's allowing God to cultivate humility, you know, because as I said you know, I've, I actually just preached on this, that the only way to really see the extravagant nature of God's grace is to see the extent of your sin. Yep. You know, and they're, it's kind of hand in hand. And so there is a blessing to acknowledging your sin, 
before a Savior who knows it all and a Savior who has paid it all. There's a true blessing in that because it's Christ's work, as we were talking about before. It's not something you do. You know, God doesn't need our confession. We need it. <laughs> you know, it cultivates that that and, and fosters humility in our heart so that as we do come to the Lord's Supper, uh, what happened at the Church of Corinth doesn't happen in our own heart, and that we do come totally and entirely dependent upon Christ, resting on what he has done or on his victory, and that's it. Nothing of our own strength or our own will or our own efforts are there. It's just us surrendering at the foot of the cross and receiving the forgiveness of sins because of what he has done. Yeah, it's far more dangerous to come to the Lord's Supper thinking you're ready for it, that you deserve it, (laughs) than thinking you're unworthy. Certainly, you know, unrepentance is the reason you stay away from the Lord's Supper if you don't think you have anything to repent for. But, you know, we have in the church, and even in particular branches of the Lutheran church, conditioned ourselves to, well, I'm not going to receive the Lord's Supper because I'm not worthy. Right. That's precisely why you need the Lord's Supper. And and that's, you know, in in our own free Lutheran heritage, that's probably more prevalent of, you know, trying to live a a pious life and, you know, heaping that sort of pressure on our, on ourselves. Well, anything, you know, anything that pertains to our redemption is extra nos, is outside of us. Mm-hmm. And the moment we internalize that, we lose our assurance. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Brian, you were talking about the, the kind of the benefit to us ahead of time, this mm-hmm. humility and the need for confession. Well, it's the sacraments and the means of grace that also animate our lives as Christians afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, this is vocation 101. We've been talking about it over and over and over again. Vocation. <laughs> We're going to get there, and this isn't artificially either. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to love my neighbor mm-hmm. unless I'm certain I'm loved by God. Mm. It's period, end of sentence, end of paragraph, yep. end of chapter, end of book. Everything I do will be done for myself unless I'm confident that I'm fully rec- reconciled to God. That's how it works. Yeah. I I will selfishly, hypocritically, pharisaically obey or self-justify myself under the commandments. I will not do them for my neighbor unless I know I'm forgiven. Mm. And even set free, that freedom uh, to live with that declaration of not guilty. And that inspires us in the here and now to, you know, to be that those ambassadors for Jesus Christ, to be the one proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ who has brought us out of darkness and all of those things. Those things inspire us and enable us to do that by means of that freedom and by means of the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Yeah. And Jason, let's, let's go there with the forgiveness of sins aspect. You know, we've, we've been talking about the for you, um, how do the forgiveness of sins come into play, too? Again, it's not the how, but the is, right? Oh, you know? <laughs> no, no, you're uh, fine. Self-flagellation. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's, Brett's a crypto-Calvinist. Uh, is what oh, it is. no. <laughs> Exposed. No. The, the forgiveness of sins are there because Christ... Brett, we might have to take Jason out back. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just, you know. That was unfair. It was, it was mean of yeah, me. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, but no, it's it, it comes down to the forgiveness of sins is there, one, because Christ promises the forgiveness of yeah. sins is there, given right. and shed for you for the forgiveness for of your sins. So how, there I said how again, <laughs> uh, people would probably jump to 
the the cross that that's that that happened at the cross yeah it, it gets back to our our yeah. helpful one at the cross delivered yeah. through the sacraments don't describe how salvation and forgiveness is won mm-hmm. they describe how it's delivered again yes. salvation is always delivered through the word of god mm-hmm. the uh, the sacraments have a physical tangible element mm-hmm. to that word. It's right. a visible word is what Augustine called it. And and again, we would skip over the how from mm-hmm. the is to the why. Mm-hmm. Why are the forgiveness of sins present mm-hmm. in the Lord's Supper? Well, the answer to that is wherever the body and blood of Christ are, there is forgiveness for our sins because then we go back to what you introduced last episode. It's the two natures of Christ, right? It's our redemption is secure for eternity, not eternal security now, <laughs> but secure <laughs> for eternity, yeah. eternity yeah. But because Christ was the perfect Savior. Yeah, he was right. fully God and yep. fully man. Mm-hmm. Christ came carries with him, wherever he's at now, the human nature, the perfected human nature. You know, uh, I said this uh, to my, my Sunday school class a couple weeks ago. Christ is more human than you are. Think about that. You know, we, I think we are prone philosophically mm-hmm. to think that Christ is less human than we are because mm-hmm. he's also because he God. Has got you, the, you know, yep. it's, it's that, well, okay, Christ could be tempted in the wilderness, but he's also God, so it doesn't count, right? There's, a, there's a, that kind of that deception of Satan. No, mm-hmm. Christ is more human than you will ever be on this earth because he is the perfect human. He's the ideal human. He's the human that God designed Adam and Eve to be. Uh, And and it's wrapped up completely. So when we say, can Christ offer his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins uh, in the sacrament, in the Holy Communion? We say, yes, he can. One, because he's fully human, he has body and blood. Two, because he's God who is fully human and God can do everything anything he wants. The the mode of Christ Christ's flesh and blood in the sacrament is not able to be questioned. Okay? Christ is fully human. Uh, we've seen that Christ in his flesh and blood acts differently than we do in our flesh and blood, mm-hmm. both before and after the resurrection. So mm-hmm. Jesus can walk on water. Uh, we can't, but Jesus was fully human. Okay? Uh, after the resurrection, Jesus can walk through walls and locked doors after the resurrection and still be there with his body and blood, or you have to believe he's a ghost and mm-hmm. then you lose your redemption. Christ always has to have his body and blood. So yeah. for Christ to offer his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, it's not difficult for him. Mm-hmm. And, and where Christ is, Christ is the location. Mm-hmm. Of your salvation, yep. it happened on the cross and with the empty tomb. And it, maybe, maybe I don't want to go there, but maybe <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, it it's so interesting that the generic American church has made the empty cross mm. the symbol of our salvation, mm-hmm. and it's really the person who is on the cross. Mm-hmm is the salvation, you know, and and there's that debate between the crucifix. Yeah. Crucifix with the body of Christ on it. And people say, well, my savior is no longer on the cross, Mm -hmm. but you were saved because your savior was on the cross. Yeah. You know, and yep. so I, I'm just thinking about that right now. It, you know, hmm. maybe that feeds into some of this talking past each other when we're talking about Holy Communion. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That would be 
interesting thought to yeah, it's not take, take more time to doesn't reflect. make for good radio when no, you're just wondering no. online. No. But when you were talking there, though, I, I was thinking uh, about that verse that says, "What is impossible with man is possible mm. with God." Yeah, that uh, that God is able to do this, and He has done it, and He delivers it to us. Yeah, and God. the The other amazing point with all of this, it, it we can argue that Christ is able to do in the sacrament, even apart from His own body, which we shouldn't have to do. Mm-hmm. But if if we doubt that God can actually offer Christ's body and blood, we've seen God do with human bodies what human bodies can't do. You think about Philip yeah. after he baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch. What happens? He was transported. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone, you know? Yeah. I kind of wish God yeah. would do that when I have to visit a lot of people. For... <laughs> I kind of <laughs> wish God would do that during traffic, right? Oh, there <laughs> good. You go. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. Well, and even 1 Corinthians, I mean, I guess depend on how you want to interpret that, but it sounds like Jesus appeared to over 500 people all at the same time. Well, was it a group of people in a crowd or was it just, Well, it, it's, you know what I mean? It's certainly not clear, but I mean, you, you think of all of the different things that God has done with human flesh. Mm-hmm in the narrative of scripture, 66 books. And for, for a tradition to say, you know what? God can't have Christ's body and blood present in communion. (laughs) Yeah. That, that takes a leap of faith far greater than the faith necessary to believe this is Jesus' body. This is Jesus' blood. I can say this gently. It takes ignoring yeah. Those 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 supernatural accounts after his resurrection. Yeah, you yeah. almost kind of have to rip those pages out sure. in order to the get road, there. on the road yeah. to Emmaus. Well, he, and, yep. Yeah, and this is what we're talking about: itemizing the elements of communion. I'm not talking about the bread and wine, mm-hmm. but the the various parts that make communion communion. The, the teaching of it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, itemizing the various points of our confession mm-hmm. is going to be unhealthy for everyone, and it's it's not philosophically honest. Mm-hmm. It's not looking at it as a big picture. So you're asked that not the how is. Yeah. The forgiveness of right. sins. The why the is why. the forgiveness of sins. The two answer to that why because Jesus is there, mm-hmm. and the two and where Jesus is present, life and salvation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And two because we need it. Mm-hmm. We need to be forgiven, and 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 we don't need. This is again one of my major gripes with the generic American church. We need our forgiveness every day. Mm-hmm. We don't just need our forgiveness at the point of conversion. One time, yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's an ongoing process. Amen. Well, just to be reminded of hmm. the incredible gift on a regular basis, and, yeah. and I kind of said this before, but it really is to cultivate a gratitude and a thankfulness that we oftentimes lose sight of. It's something that we have to intentionally continue to remind us of that 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 the promises of God are there for us to be reminded. These means of grace are there to remind us of the great gift, but also to preserve us and to, and give us and extend to us this vehicle of grace so that we are sustained and that we do endure to the end mm-hmm. and to continue in the faith in the midst of difficult times, in the midst of, mm-hmm. you know, contracting cancer, in the yeah, midst of, right. of losing a loved one and all of those things. It brings hope mm-hmm you know, in a way that's eternal and has an eternal value rather than just looking to the things of this world. That's right. And and that's maybe a good segue into the last, we can't get through all of our notes with this, but maybe no. we could end this episode by talking about, you know, who is this for? It's for sinners because we need forgiveness, but it's for believers. And it's that, it, it, it's for a person who acknowledges the simul. 
to to get mm. into some some inside simul baseball. Eustis et yeah, simul justus et peccator. That we are simultaneously just and sinner. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jordan Cooper. Yeah, for that. hey, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> um, no, but it's. You need communion because right now, mm-hmm. as a forgiven child of God, yep. who from God's perspective is guaranteed eternity, you need to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And you need this right now because you're a believer who needs to be sustained yep. in his faith. Now, I will say this. I, I want to rewind mm. what I said a couple minutes ago. Forgiveness itself isn't a process. Right. The pro- the What is the process is our appropriation of that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm going to paraphrase a Luther quote here because I'm going standing in the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, paraphrase a Luther Luther quote because I can't remember what it is verbatim ever. The the, the part of my brain that would remember this quote is probably rem- is occupied by like Tony Gwynn's batting average or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> thanks uh, Joe Posnanski too. <laughs> yeah. this is, uh, certain parts of my brain are occupied by yes. meaningless baseball statistics <laughs> and song lyrics, and I can't do you anything wish you could about erase it. Some of that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, but, yeah. but anyway. Luther says, I have to keep preaching the gospel because my people keep forgetting it. Hmm, that's, that's good. The, that's the truth of, of the Christian life yeah, right there. Amen. We need to repeatedly receive communion mm-hmm. because the moment we step outside the church on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. we start forgetting that we're forgiven. Yeah. Yep. You know, amen to that. that. That's it. So hmm. Christ, Christ treats communion. Yep so highly that he actually commands it. And I think this is where the Baptists, we, we can throw a bone to the Baptists mm-hmm. and calling it an ordinance. Christ does actually command yeah. that we do Do this in remembrance it. of me. But, yep. but the command is for our benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, we could call it a gospel imperative or however else mm-hmm. you, you call yeah. it. But Christ commands we should receive it. At point alone, we should take it seriously. Mm-hmm. But Christ commands it to deliver to us a promise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. An enduring promise that the the whole of human nature, Satan's goal is to rob us of that promise. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why we have communion. Amen. Come and get it. <laughs> uh, maybe not so much that. <laughs> Don't know what to do with that image. Not sure yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let me process my uh, way through that. <laughs> All right, Brian, do you have a verse to... Yes, uh, Matthew chapter 26, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, it said this beginning in verse 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood, the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on Article 10 of the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.